0: Um, Dr. Fowler, I wanna switch over to you uh, because you both have alluded to the vaccine. Um, And of course, as we're talking about myths and we're talking about concerns from people, one of the concerns that people have is the development of these vaccines came very quickly. And that is often when I hear people's reluctance to get the vaccine, one of the things that people say is, I don't trust the science on the vaccine because it felt like they really rushed the process and that it didn't get the time that it needed for us to fully understand how the vaccine can affect us. So you know, we like to ask multiple questions at once, uh, That's all right. <laughs> right? So we know we have the Pfizer and Moderna out, we know that Johnson and Johnson is going to be um, petitioning to get the, that J&J vaccine out as well. But can you talk about what exactly is this vaccine? People are really confused mm-hmm. about what's in the vaccine. What are the short and long term effects? And does the vaccine actually protect against these variants that you and Dr. Dennis have talked about?
1: Yeah, so there are two types of vaccines. If J&J gets their vaccine um, emergently authorized for use, EAU, it is more traditional. And we'll, we'll talk about the differences. The, the two that are approved for emergency use currently Uh, one by Pfizer, one by Moderna, are mRNA vaccines. So what does that mean? It's messenger, M is messenger RNA. So it is basically a message wrapped in an envelope of fat of a lipid molecule and it is compounded into a shot. They put that shot into your arm and when that envelope of a message communicates with your immune system. It tells your cells to create spike protein antibodies, okay? Within that message that is wrapped in a little, uh, let's say, cell or bubble of fat, when that message gets into your body and it tells the body what, what to do, it disintegrates, Okay. So it it degrades and just like any other foreign material, it degrades, but our memory, our immune system continues to respond to the message. And and that's how we develop immunogenicity um, or immunity. What is not in the mRNA vaccine is virus. There is no virus in the mRNA vaccine. There's no dead virus, there's no weak virus, There's no genetic DNA from virus. There is no material, no viral material. It is just a message. It's one of the smart drugs that we use in other industries. So although it is somewhat, this is the first mRNA vaccine, it has been studied for years. I mean, years, over 10 years, some probably over 15 years, but I know for sure over 10 years. There are some of these same technologies that are used in cancer treatments that's not in the vaccination industry. Um, So it's not quote unquote new. As it relates to the trials for this vaccine, there was no shortcut. What there was was the spacing in between the phases of the trials were eliminated. So it made consecutive phasing to happen, to, uh, to occur. What allowed that to happen was resources. There were human resources and fiscal resources dedicated to this because we had record numbers of people dying. So I I equate that to if you have an emergency in your house, you have a flat tire, if you have your air conditioner goes out, I live in South Louisiana in New Orleans, so we can't have our air conditioner go out. You better believe that I'm going to divert resources to get that fixed. And that is what we did. So so there although the terminology warp speed and, and although there, you know, you hear all of this, it, it happened too fast, it it happened faster than normal because we were we pivoted to focus on it. We pivoted resources, we pivoted scientists, we pivoted pharmacists, epidemiologists, microbiologists, viral, you know, I mean, every all hands were on deck. We, in, in disaster preparedness and disaster training, what we learn is that you have to increase capacity. Well, that's exactly what happened with, with the vaccine development. So it wasn't like somebody thought about it in, in March and then said, oh, let's try this. No, it was studied for a long period of time. Um, and then we were able to accelerate our ability to, of getting those trials and we, we mobilized more um, human and fiscal resources to allow it to happen. Does that, does, does that help?
0: That helps a oh, lot. I think that that whole piece about explaining that we were studying MRA before we actually started creating these vaccines, because I do, I do think people felt like, yeah, somebody thought about this yesterday, then they started a trial. Um, And so I don't think they understood that there had already been research done, but this um, sounds like from the way you described it, this is the first time it has been implemented into this actual vaccine in this way. But the reason that was able to happen is because all of these people came together and pulled resources, which we talk about on this show a good bit, and were able to get this done and not have to have all of the time in between the trials that would typically occur.
1: Yeah. There was no shortening of the trial. In fact, there were more people willing to participate in the trials than many other trials that are done for longer periods of time. So we had a really good sample of multiple people. I mean, for both vaccines, there were over 30,000 people. There were older people, there were people older, 18 to 55 were allowed to participate. Um, They had comorbidities, they were healthy, you had some who were healthy. So there was a, a wealth of, of a sample, you know, that that mimicked, almost mimicked the population in the United States. We even had some international participants. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a really, it was really well done.
2: And, and we it was all
1: open to the public.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, no, excuse me. We don't usually get that much participation, right? In terms of a, a, of a sample being that diverse.
1: Not in that short period of time. Mm-hmm. If you have a study that goes over uh, years, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, you can you can get to that to that number, um, but not not over the period of time we had.
0: Okay. Now, can you talk to us about the short and long term effects? Because I know that is yeah one of the reasons why people are struggling with whether or not to get this vaccine is because they're thinking, well, how do you know how it's going to affect us?
1: Mm-hmm. So the the short uh, answer is there. there's not long-term data. So to give you an evidence-based um, answer, I would be creating an answer and I'm not going to do that. The long-term data is still undergoing study. The trials continue. Um, for persons who have been vaccinated, they are still able to report if there are any symptoms um so they want to know they want to know if there if there's any long-term effects and that's still being studied what we do know is that and what why it was so approved the fda the reason why the fda exists is to create um a safety mechanisms before we treat humans right so they believe that it is safe because of its mechanisms its mechanisms involve a little capsule of fat and a message of RNA, a message, a code, and then it disintegrates. So the theory, and, it, and until it's proven, that's what it is, a theory. The theory is that there will be very few long-term effects. I've heard many things. I've heard that you know it's, it's, it's RNA, so that means it's gonna change our DNA. RNA does not work like that. That is not the way RNA works. Um, RNA is usually unipolar. It has one strand. DNA is usually bipolar. It has two strands, like the the structures, the communication of the genes. That is not the way RNA works. Um, Although there were not intentionally pregnant women studied, a few of the participants became pregnant during the study. So they're still studying the effects of, of pregnant females. And that was just an incidental finding. That was not a primary outcome of the clinical trial. Um, the short-term effects. What we know is that the biggest complication that, will, that could happen from taking the vaccine is an allergic reaction or anaphylactic response. Anaphylaxis is severe. It's an emergency, a medical emergency, that, that's when you have throat swelling, mouth swelling, tongue swelling, maybe your eyes, you, you break out in hives all over. Um, you know, that's an emergency. It has happened out of one million participants, it has happened three times. Of those three times, which is so rare, we haven't had a million participants take the vaccine yet. So it, that it is super duper rare, to put it plainly. Um, of those three participants, it was likely material in the vaccine that they were allergic to and not necessarily the the vaccine itself. For instance, if anyone were to have um, a history of an allergic reaction to other vaccines, well then that might make you a high risk candidate for anaphylaxis or having an allergic reaction. Um, If you were to have an allergic reaction to, uh, that there's this component, I can't think of the name of it right now, that, that helps to sustain uh, injectable medications that go into the muscu- muscle, intramuscular medications. Um, if you're allergic to that component, then you likely have have a, a higher risk of getting an allergic reaction. If you don't have those uh, that history, then it's it's very unlikely. The good news is that it's quickly reversible. So other the persons who have had anaphylactic reactions, it's reversed with epinephrine. And there's no other sequela that, that occurs after that. There have been no deaths. They're, the primary endpoint is there's no severe illness. And that's what we want. We want to stop the deaths and we want to stop transmission. We're still studying um, if if what the transmission is like. So we know that we can prevent severe illness with these with these vaccines. We don't know yet if it will slow down transmission. But the way the virus works if it doesn't have a viable host, we know that it will slow down the spread just by not
2: having a viable host.
0: Okay, and then the third part of that was the variants. So can you talk about how the vaccines address these variants? And then I think people have concerns about, okay, so am I gonna have to keep getting Mm -hmm. shots uh, if- It's possible.
1: Okay. It's possible that you have to get, just like with flu vaccine, it's, it's possible. Um, what the theories are now, since the last time I did a, a panel like this, um, we didn't have any information and that was only a week and a half ago. We didn't have any information on the variants, right? So as of today, I started looking through the studies that were published in the last few days. And as of today, what we what we think, okay, what we have um, evidence for is that it will likely help protect us from severe illness from any variant of the disease, that those are the mRNA vaccines, not the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, the mRNA vaccines. We don't have enough data for the Johnson and Johnson vaccine just yet. The reason why is because it doesn't use a piece of the virus. It's using what the virus, how the virus connects to our body, which is through that spike protein. And every variant of a coronavirus has that spike protein. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So if every variant has that spike protein, we're thinking that those mRNA vaccines will help to prevent against those variants. Now, of the latest research that's been published, and a lot of this is in, um, it's available through Johns Hopkins uh, resources for COVID-19, it's available through um, the New England Journal of Medicine, and all of this is free and open to the public. um, The latest information is they don't know how long immunogenicity will last, immunity will last. So because of the different variants. So the variants might affect how long you have immunity. So that still has to be studied. So would you possibly need a booster? It's possible.
0: Okay, and then I I think the, uh, and I'll let attorney Winters ask the next question so I don't bombard you. But um, then the next piece is, are we going to be negatively affected by getting these boosters so if i get let's say i had the virus then i get these two vaccines then i need a booster like am i going to be negatively affected by getting these multiple vaccines
1: um again we don't have the data on long-term outcomes what i can tell you is stop (laughs) because we get boosters for multiple vaccines we get boosters as kids we get you know if you if you cut your arm on something you have to get a tetanus booster um it is it is we get hepatitis boosters i mean this this is a part of our vaccination program um and that is not new that is not new it is one of the best ways to protect public health why because you're not waiting for natural immunity right so why take the chance? we know that it, it is very unpredictable. You could be a healthy person and get a, 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 a you know, heart inflammation, myocarditis. You can get rhabdomyelitis as a kid, even as a healthy person. Um, you could get lung inflammation as a healthy person. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but it can happen in the healthy individuals. We just had a, um, a politician who was young and, and relatively healthy, who you know, died very young. Um, so it happened. It can happen. Why take that chance with with gaining natural immunity when we know the death rate? And then why take that chance when we know how easily it's transmitted to our vulnerable populations? And we're all interconnected. We might go to the grocery stores. We go to school. We go to church. You know, we go. We go to all these different places. We are all connected. And if you travel, like Attorney Winters then you're really connected with everybody, right? Um, because you're sharing their space. And if you're sharing their space, you're sharing their their flora or their germs. Um, so stop, stop. I think that um, I respect the hesitancy and I respect the curiosity, but I think we have to also care that that um curiosity and that hesitancy and maybe anxiety, we have to pair that with our history because there's a lot of this that is not new that we do on a regular basis and we have to bring some reason um um to some of that anxiety and it's not easy. I know it's not easy. Um but you know we, we just have to we have to look at everything.
3: And I think you know, I think that brings us, uh, Dr. Fowler and Dr. Dennis, to uh, the next question is that fear, that that trepidation. And, and I'll pose it to you first, Dr. Dennis, and then bring it to you, Dr. Fowler. But Dr. Dennis, you know, um, when we talk about using rationale and reason, uh, informed consent, uh, informed uh, consent as it relates to healthcare professionals giving us something uh, like this vaccine, um, we can educate ourselves more. But what, some of the things that I keep finding in the studies that I'm reading, the things that, that I'm reading on on race and culture, I always am fascinated by that as it relates to, to this uh, medicine. Uh, the Scientific uh, American has a, a, a new article out and, and relates to the KHN, uh, that's Kaiser Health News, uh, that the study that they've been doing in their analysis and showing that African-Americans are being vaccinated uh, at a almost three times less than than white Americans, it's a, like a rate of. Some of these studies depend on the state. Uh, these these numbers are 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 insane. Um, I, I read one article, and that's a micro article that was in Dallas, Texas, and North Texas. Uh, this 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 uh, county that was in the news, I think it's South Lake. It's it's uh, I think it's Tarrant County. Yeah, Tarrant County, and it showed how a very small extremely wealthy part of that county north of dallas was had a high extremely high rate of vaccination and then the poor portions of that county had negligible vaccination rates and then as i read this khn study there's a new study out that they talk about how um that black americans are getting COVID vaccines at lower rates than white americans in 16 states that have released data by race white residents are being vaccinated at a much higher rate and two uh, in many cases two to three times higher everything that that i've seen from the KN, and that's kaiser news you can go kaiser health news kaiser's this massive healthcare system in california nationwide leadership is D.C. natural uh, in the D.C. area, but it's nationwide. Great work, great studies, uh, uh, great experts there. Uh, So according to the CDC, uh, Dr. Dennis, um, Black, Hispanics and Native American people are about four times more likely to be hospitalized, three times more likely to to die of COVID uh, than white. Uh, yet African-Americans have nearly uh, the lowest rates of vaccination among the ethnic groups. In fact, white Americans being vaccinated, like I said, those studies are very clear based on the numbers that they have uh, almost three times. I'd like to discuss what are the factors that may be contributing to low vaccine rates uh, in the African-American community? And I'll start with you, Dr. Dennis.
2: One of the, one of the biggest things that I see um, with African Americans is, and you all mentioned it from the beginning, and I think, um, unfortunately, it, it pains me, but but I see it all the time: vaccine shaming. You know. Um, as far as people mentioning they're getting the vaccine, a lot of people have been publicizing when they're getting it, you know, trying to ease those fears. And then you have the person who comes on the thread, you know, because everybody's a Facebook, everybody's a fake Facebook physician as we call them. And so, you know, everybody comes in and they have all the answers and they know what's going on. And so just as Dr. Tarver posted herself getting the vaccine, I posted myself getting it, you know, just trying to, you know, encourage our peers that aren't, you know, in the, in the health care professional world you know encouraging them hey you know we're doing it i you know i still only have two eyes you know i'm still moving slow my fingers are still crooked it was i was like this before i got the shot you know so trying to ease those fears but then you still have people that are on there well good luck with that well i'm not doing it and then you know just one of the things that pained me even more last week or was it two weeks ago when um the baseball great hank aaron passed and so you know they did you know publicize him when he received his vaccine and then people started linking that to the vaccine well oh no you know and no defense hank aaron was a great man he's from my hometown but he was 86 years old. He had a lot of comorbidities before he got the vaccine. So I'm pretty sure that him getting the vaccine was not his cause of death, you know? And so there's so much of that, just what I call just rhetoric going around, you know, and that's just what we see, you know, on social media, you know, in other outlets, you know, as people are going around and interacting with each other, there's just always, you know, people just always have something to say, well, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait. What are you waiting for? You know, to me, it's like, you know, you have two options. You either take your chance with the vaccine or you take your chance with COVID. And just as you said, attorney winners, I mean, we're four times more likely to die from COVID than than our white counterparts. And that's, I mean, and we've seen it. You know, that is what we've seen. You know, everybody has lost, if not one, but several people, you know, to COVID in the past year. And so that's something to consider. They're offering us a way out. And I understand the history that goes with it, the history of the Tuskegee experiment. We all understand that. But so many things have changed since then. You know, um, as Dr. Fowler spoke about, you know, the FDA regulations and the CDC and the testing and everything, you know, times have changed. Things, you know, they, it's, it's not the same concept. And I do know that, you know, it exists, it happened, but things evolve. And so we, we have to be willing to accept the science, to believe the science and see, you know, exactly what's happening in order to move into the next phase and move beyond this. And just as you were talking about the rate of African-Americans being vaccinated, I was looking at a pie chart yesterday and of all the vaccines that's been given, African-Americans have received 5.4% of all of the vaccinations that have been given, 5.4%. I mean, and it just literally, I mean, it just, it sucked all the life out of me to think about, you know, 5.4%. And for all of us that have died, you know, within the past year, for all of us that have been so affected by this disease, 5.4%. And it's, and you know, and it's available to us. It's available, you know, um, It's available for us to to, to get the vaccine, but we have to be willing to do it. No, they're not going to come knock on our door and stick it in your arm. You have to call. You may have to wait, you know, um, both, you know, getting my parents vaccinated, you know, it was a little bit harder than I anticipated because of the the way the age criteria was set up and, you know, neither of them are 70. So, you know, they had to wait. But luckily now the sense of relief that I got today, knowing that my parents are vaccinated, I mean, I feel so much better, you know, because they're out and they're interacting and they want to go to my nephew's basketball games and you know my nephews are going to school and they're picking them up so just knowing that you know they have it, you know now I feel more comfortable with them being able to just to, to live their normal life knowing that they've been vaccinated and so you know and I was telling my mom you know make sure you tell your friends make sure you tell other people because that's the only way that we're going to really you know dispel these myths and we have to keep having these difficult conversations and more than anything we have to be willing, uh, just as Dr. Fowler said and just as you all said, stop the vaccine shaming. If you don't want to get it, that's fine. You keep your mask on and you stay at home. But I'm personally, I'm tired of being at home. I'm tired of not being able to go to happy hour with my friends. I'm tired of, you know, no Bayou Classic, you know, no bands. I mean, who does that? No Mardi Gras? I mean, so if you want to continue living life like this, then you do it it at home but you know what my card is filled first and second dose you know that of my family will be the same way and so we just have to encourage each other and you know have these tough conversations and I mean we need to start some shirts stop the vaccine shaming because it has it really it has got to stop it really does if you don't want to get it keep it to yourself but the rest of us who do we want to move forward we want to interact with the world and we want to get back to normal normal is what we do
3: yes and I and I definitely agree with you uh we need that on a t shirt, front. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, that kind of that helps me bring the question over to you, Dr. Fowler. Is that, you know, if black, Hispanic, Native Americans have died from this at nearly two times two to three times rate. And and that CDC preventive uh, analysis that there was a study that showed how even the healthcare workers are more likely, uh, black and Asian uh, non uh, non-Hispanic blacks and Asians uh, healthcare are dying. Uh, at a much higher rate than than uh, a white uh, workers, and and so it, what what concerns me is doc this doctor, Fola May and at UCLA she's a uh, is a physician in health equity research. She said it breaks her heart to see that the people who have the highest risk of dying from this are not or disproportionately uh, not getting the vaccine. So what is, what did you think some of the saying, the, I know some of the great things that Dr. Dennis says, What is, what is your take on this uh, Dr. Fowler?
1: I think it happened long before this pandemic. I think that the majority of our healthcare disparities uh, are because of mistrust in medicine. And it's not because we're not, you know, I heard, um, I had a, a co-panelist, Dr. Keith Ferdinand. So I credit this statement to him. Um, it's not because we're not smarter. It's not because we don't get it or we don't understand the science. It's it's likely because we had an experience. So even to this day, my mom, she lives in a rural uh, part of Louisiana and she had very bad experiences. I still go with her to You know, doctor's visits and whatnot, and I try to translate and trying to make her be honest about, you know, her symptoms and her problems and, you know, everything, you know, there's still this layer of mistrust. We are not that far away from, you know, experiencing bad things from the medical community. Um, So it is real. It is very real. One of my best friends, her sister was hospitalized and ventilated for seven weeks. Seven weeks, then had to go to um, a rehab facility. And so, you know, she has shared some of the panels. She has shared some of the information. She still doesn't want the vaccine. That's after nearly dying. And she still does not want the vaccine. So it's real. It's very real. Um, The good news is that what you're doing, sharing your platform, helps to change that we have gotten so many reports that, okay, I'll get it. So after getting the information from people who look like them, they feel differently about it. After sharing them the process of vaccine approval, letting them know that with this process, not only what it it was extremely, there were so many eyes on this process. Um, It was so transparent. And then not to mention, We had persons of color all throughout the process, you know, participating in the process. That is a very, very, very different place than where we've been before. Most of the time we don't get to see the scientists that that do all of this work. Um, Most of the time we don't get a sense of of who they are as people, um, their ethnicity and all that, unless you're a nerd like me and you like to look it up. But if you're not, and many people are not, they don't get to know who they are. But that has been broadcast because of the health disparities. Not trying to to you know, I've heard somebody particularly, this is somebody close to me say, well, I feel like, you know, Dr. Fauci put that Black pharmacist on the TV because they're trying to convince us and manipulate us and use her as a token. Well that's not true. It's not true there there's no ma- malicious intent to that is going to target black people If we are if you the data is there we have five percent there's some literature depending on what what you choose self-select as ethnicity that says ten percent. nevertheless it's still not enough black people getting the vaccine. So if it was targeted for the black people, why are 90% of the people getting in line, trying to steal other people's spots? Why are they getting the vaccine? Why are they running to it? Again, this is not new, it's not new. We see that persons of color would rather drink Cokes all day than drink water all day. We see persons of color would rather eat um, foods that they know are unhealthy than foods that they know are healthy. That's for a number of reasons. It's not just because of ignorance. It's not just because of laziness. It's not, it's for a number of reasons, but our choices matter. So if we we ha- are now being empowered with the information to make a choice that can change their their the trajectory of their life and the trajectory of this pandemic experience. So it's the choice now, and now we, we are informing them. We're giving them as much as we can. We open ourselves to answer questions we're not prepared for, um, just to inform the conversation so that they can make their own choice. So now that there's no excuse, there's no excuse, but we don't get paid for this. Um, you know, I, this is a Friday evening, all of my family is at a basketball game, I do this because my people need it and I want them to know and I want them to get the information. Um, you know what I mean, it's just, we we need this and we, we've seen a difference so I applaud you guys for even having us on and lending your platform uh, for this messaging because it, it's so important and we know it makes a difference.